Hi everyone, I hope you all are doing well this week. For today's episode, I wanted to discuss food testing as it pertains to protein powder. And a lot of my episodes I choose based on relevance. This might be two or three weeks dated, but it sort of brought on a larger topic that I wanted to discuss, which is why I thought I'd bring it up. Um, And the reason that I was sort of inspired to do this episode is because you might have heard about the premier protein recalls. And before you rush and freak out, They recalled certain shakes, the pre-made shakes specifically, that had the letters B and T in the batch code, so BT together in the batch code, so not all the products. Personally, I bought Premier shakes from the store, from Target specifically, I think once or twice after I heard about the recall, and of course I checked it there, but they didn't seem to have any of the recalled product. Um, I think what sometimes happens at stores is they'll usually have a stockpile of certain things, and so if they're pulling from the stockpile, when recalls happen, they usually have a little bit of time to get rid of that product and make sure that they're not, you know, selling that to customers. But if you did get any of that, um, just double check. You don't have to throw out everything and it's being recalled. So definitely don't consume it if you've seen that. Um, it contains some bi- microbial, microbial, I don't know what word I'm saying right now, but it contains some ingredient in it that wasn't supposed to be there that was harmful. And so that was the reason for the recall. It also, after that, sort of became a TikTok trend to go through your products and see what ingredients or testing products have overgone or undergone, especially protein products and supplements. Um, And I think that should always be something that you're doing in terms of making sure you understand what the ingredient list is. But at the same time, I wanted to talk a little bit about the testing processes that are necessary, especially in the supplements world. Um, Just so you know, people can be a little bit more aware of that and maybe avoid falling into major scares when they see people on TikTok post that a specific product isn't good or a certain ingredient isn't good without doing their own research. I obviously think that we should be very cautious about what we put into our bodies. Um, That's sort of the premise of everything that I talk about in terms of have sugar, have sweets, have whatever you want. Just make sure you know what it is. Um, And if you know what it is, then you're good to go because sort of you're cognizant about what's going into your body. Um, And I think that at the same time, there is a very fine line between caution and panic. And if you don't look into these issues and you just believe whatever you see on social media and throw out products every time you see that people are posting that something is bad, you're just contributing more to food waste. Don't throw stuff out. Don't stop using a product you already have just based on one person's opinion. Always do your own research. And I think to a certain extent, a little bit of this is about what works best for your body. So One of the reasons I was inspired to do this episode is because that same week that I saw the video about the Premier Protein recalls, I also saw a TikTok discussing protein brands that this one health influencer, I would say, posted about, um, and she was basically discussing protein brands that weren't good because allegedly they hadn't undergone heavy metals testing um, or whatever reason, and then she posted a list of protein brands that were really great. And I think sometimes when you go for those more cautious quote unquote protein brands, they can be very, very expensive for not a lot of servings. Like you're paying a hundred bucks for like a month's worth of protein. If you're having one shake a day, you can't even afford to have multiple a day because then, you know, you're cutting into that 30 servings that you're getting in that box. And like, I think that 
to a certain extent, you have to think about cost, obviously, because sustainability is very important to me. Sustainability in the sense of what is sustainable for your lifestyle to keep consuming. Um, and it shouldn't be breaking your bank to be healthy or to be getting in your protein intake. And I saw a protein on her no-nos list, I guess you could call it, that I've been using recently. Um, I think I spoke about it in one of my episodes on protein powder specifically. It was the ISO 100 protein. And I'm absolutely obsessed with it. Like, I don't love the the taste, but it doesn't taste chalky, which is a win in my opinion. And it doesn't make me feel bloated after, which is also really great. And it keeps me really full. And so when she posted about it not having undergone like certain testing or whatever the reason was, um, and so people shouldn't be using it, I was a little... I didn't know how to take it because I thought that I found a brand that really worked for me. And I was like, do I just fall into this sort of this not trap, but do I just fall into whatever this one person's saying and disregard my personal experience with it? And I still have to do a lot more research on that. And so filming this episode was actually a really great reminder for me to do more research. But just sort of thinking about that, I wanted to discuss some of the labels that you might see on food. Sorry, that was a really long intro, but I wanted to discuss some of the labels that you might see on food and which ones you actually need to pay attention to and which ones you can sort of disregard. So I think that obviously one of the most common labels is organic. You see it on some proteins as well. So USDA certified organic foods are grown and processed according to certain federal guidelines that are focused on soil quality, the way that animals are raised, um, the pesticides that are used on these food products and then also certain additives and so the key here is that it has to be USDA certified organic so if you don't use pesticides you can technically call it organic in reality people can label their food products however they want um if it's like not a certified food product and a lot of products are labeled organic, but they aren't. So you really need to look for that federal certification of the product to believe in the organic label. The other key here, I think, is is the food product that you're consuming, does that need to be organic? So there are some foods where it doesn't matter as much. And what I have personally read is anything that has a hard exterior that you're not consuming, it is okay if it is not organic. So avocados, for example, I've heard have because of their harder outer skins, because they're not consumed. Lemons, for example, those things do not necessarily have to be organic. Now, if you're zesting your lemons, if you're, you know, using that outside of the avocado for any sort of food product or it's getting, you know, incorporated into a food dish, then it becomes really important. Um, But I think the most important is always fruit, anything with a soft exterior that you are consuming. So strawberries, I've heard grapes have a ton of pesticides, especially because they have super, super fragile exteriors and the way that they grow, they're super exposed. If you think about it, like strawberries grow on the ground. Um, They're usually sort of covered by leaves. I don't know if you've ever been strawberry picking, but it is like the way that they grow, um, they can be quite secluded from, you know, other animals and they grow low on the ground. So I don't know that there's major concerns for like birds and stuff getting at them. Definitely bugs, but um, especially grapes, the way that they grow, they're super open on vines and also they have really, really delicate exteriors. So those I think always, always you should be buying organic if you want to do what's best for your body. I do understand that, you know, buying organic is more expensive. And so it's not always affordable for everyone, especially thinking about my last episode on inflation, how food prices are going up. But just sort of to talk about that one type of food label, look for the certification and think about whether or not the food actually has to be organic or not. 
The second sort of certification or label you might see on food is that it is FDA approved. So I think that this becomes really important when we think about supplements and when we think about protein products because the FDA or the Food and Drug Administration does not have the authority to oversee dietary supplements. So now when you're thinking about like a whole realm of health products, you are in uncharted territory. And that's why I think you still see fat burning pills on the market um, because legally people can sell them, but there's no certifications that go into them. And so, you know, that's really something that you're putting into your body at your own own risk, not saying that every product that's not FDA approved, because there's a lot, aren't good. I'm just saying that if you see a product that's already questionable, and on top of that, it's not really overseen by a federal agency, I think it's something to be cautious about. What I think you really need to do is look at the label. So just to be clear, anything that claims to um, cure a disease or alleviate a certain condition is considered to be a drug. Um, And so that is overseen by the FDA. But if it's a supplement, you need to look at what's in it. And I think a really great, great way to go about it is what brand is selling it. So obviously that's not like, you know, the perfect situation or solution to this. But I think there's a couple supplement brands, um, especially in the vitamin space, that are very popular. They don't have a lot of issues. You can find a good amount of information, a good amount of reviews on the brand. I think Nature's Valley, I'm sure you all know what the bottle looks like. It's um, like a very dark tinted bottle, obviously, to protect the vitamins and then like a yellow lid. Um, But there's definitely supplement brands. There's a lot of new ones um, that I don't know much about. And I think especially when you go into like the gummies region, the amount of benefits that those contain are a little questionable just because of the added sugars, the gelatin, and then the processing. But I think when you're thinking about just basic vitamins, obviously those are recommended to you by doctors. My doctor recommended that I take vitamin D supplements for a while and she didn't prescribe me any specific brand. She said, just go buy whatever you can find at your local grocery store or at Costco or wherever. So just when you're thinking about vitamin brands, I don't think you have to think a ton. Just sort of try to look for brands that a lot of people buy brands that you can find a good amount of information on. Maybe don't go for something newer that's, you know, just on the market because that is sort of territory where you're not going to see a lot of government agency oversight. Not that government agencies are the end all be all, but obviously you know that they're holding it up to a specific standard that is good for your body. The third type of testing um, that I wanted to talk about, um, and the reason that I was inspired to do this episode, is heavy metals testing. So is it important? Is it not? Sort of what is that really? The short answer is yes, it is important. No one is trying to add heavy metals to your food on purpose. That's not why you conduct heavy metals testing. Heavy metals can be found in the environment that these foods are processed in. So it can be found in the soil, in the machinery and processing, um, if it's recently been used for something else, if it's being created in like a mass manufacturing environment. These can just contaminate, heavy metals can contaminate the environment that these foods are being processed in. So it's important to check at multiple stages in the process, especially the end product, if there are heavy metals and then figure out where in the process that's coming in. Large amounts of these can be very bad. So obviously, if this is something like a protein powder or a supplement that you're taking every single day, it is important to look further into that and make sure that 
the products you're consuming don't have additional additives that unintentionally or intentionally are harming your body. Not all metals are bad. Um, These are heavy metals. So there are things that are supplemented with iron, for example, because that's something that our body needs. That being said, if you can get all of your vitamins naturally, I think that's always the best way to do it. But it is difficult. Um, People have varying diets, schedules. Supplementation can be really beneficial. And I've noticed that myself um, as a student, um, a college student especially, I definitely don't get enough sun. I'm in the classroom or in a building a lot of the time, studying, working, sitting down. And especially in the winters, I think anywhere that you live in the winter, except maybe Alaska, um, sun can be really hard to get. And so I, it's, it's important, you know, in certain situations to supplement, regardless of whether or not you're trying to get those vitamins naturally. Kind of back to where I am in terms of this whole protein powder situation. So always check the ingredients. I would say that's the first thing to do. Make sure there's nothing directly harmful in the ingredients because if there is, that's your first place to stop. You know this product isn't for you. If you have a product claiming to do 100 things, it's not magic. It's added in. There's no secret ingredient that's doing all of these different things for you. So like by that, I mean, if you have something that's claiming to be your protein, your recovery and your pump and your pre-workout, it literally contains separate ingredients that do all those things. So your protein is your proteins that they're added in there. Those amino acids alongside usually other vitamins and supplements. Your recovery probably comes from one of the supplements like L-glutamine, for example. The pump, maybe, I'm actually not really sure what they put in pump um, specific products, um, but at least for pre-workout, I know that's always stimulants. So caffeine, sugar, things like that. And that doesn't necessarily mean that they're bad. It's just if you have a product claiming to do a bunch of stuff, just check and sort of see where that's coming from. Figure out if that's the right product for you. Um, figure out if you need all of those things. I am kind of a minimalist when it comes to supplements and especially when it comes to workout related supplements. I think for your health, I, you know, obviously will take whatever is recommended to me by a doctor, but when it comes to working out, because that's kind of at your own discretion, I'm very much a minimalist. I take protein powder because I can't get enough protein as a vegetarian in my diet naturally. But Other than that, there's literally nothing else that I take to aid me, especially in my fitness journey. Um, But sort of, I guess where I am on that is once you're done with all those steps, going through the ingredients, checking what this product is claiming to do, reading reviews, the last step I would say as an extra, you know, caution might be to look up what testing it's undergone, what the website has, like if anybody's had any bad experiences with it, read through what it is. For some people, it's just, oh, it made me bloat. And for other people, it's like, oh, you know, this made me really sick. So there's obviously a scale. But like I said, there's a very fine line between caution and panic. And I think that one of the reasons I'm so passionate about looking at everything holistically and the intersection of economics and fitness and nutrition and climate change is because all of it overlaps so, so much. Like these are very... Like you're looking for a product that is sustainable in its production, sustainable for you to continue to buy over and over again, good for your body, all of that. And that's hard to find, I think, especially in a world where a lot of brands just care about making money and giving customers what they want, which is not always what we need or what's best for us. And so this is just like a super interesting topic to me because I think it's like 
I just really enjoy kind of seeing where everything fits in and thinking really critically about how you can create a product or find products and recommend them to other people that really do all of those things. Um, especially because I think that when you're going like, I, I don't know. I just think accessibility is so important and I've talked about it so much on this podcast. Sorry. I kind of like lost where I was going at the end there, but accessibility is really important to me. Sustainability is really important to me. And I think that it's way too expensive in today's world in general Um, more expensive than it should be for people to live healthy lives and to have access to everything that they need. And so I think that it's important when we think about products and when we listen to reviews and look at things to think about how we can repurpose if a product is really bad, but also how we can prevent extra wastage um, by falling into sort of just one person's experience and what they're saying. So that's all I have for today's episode. I'm sorry if it was a bit rambly. Um, I just really love talking about stuff like this and I'm always interested in learning more about certifications and what's important to think about, especially when purchasing food products. So I hope you all have a great rest of your weekend and I will see you all back next week for another Finance Friday.